No Pierre today. He's uh, taking a long, long weekend. I wonder if his boss knows about that or not. Morning, Greg Blase. Good morning, David. This is your reminder that it's the last weekend to wear white. You know, you never uh, wear white after Labor Day. <laughs> really? I didn't know you were such a fashion guy. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Brian McMillan wearing a white shirt and a tie this morning over there on the far right. Looking good now that you're a publisher of the local paper. Can Happy to be here. Congratulations for that. And Thank for you so much. First time ever. You have um, your co-owner, wife, uh, Haley with us today, McMillan. Good morning, Haley. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Haley. Yeah. Thanks. So we're going to have you do a little interview with her later right. on, okay? Sure. Since uh, that's what you do, and we'll see how she is under fire. And then if you don't ask questions we want to know, we'll uh, jump in there anyway on it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, um, so today, well, it's, uh want to uh, do a few things. want to talk about we're heading for fourth quarter. Uh, if you can believe that already, that uh, summer is officially over. Is that what you were saying, Greg, where you don't wear white after... I guess Labor it's a, Day. It's something that popped in my head this morning. I think that's more up north, maybe. Yeah. You know, where they wear pinstripe suits and all that kind of stuff in Chicago and the big markets. They still when I go up there for business. Well, I haven't been there for a long time in business, but everybody wore a three-piece suit still and mm-hmm. and uh, went to the haberdashery. The guys did, and you know, but it's a little different here. That sounds like the Wild West. Now it's more yeah. Margaritaville vibe. Yeah, that's why they move here from Chicago. I think because <laughs> yeah. they can. Dress that way, but anyway, you're looking good, and you've been in. You're on the, our news today. That's I saw that. Yeah, I was listening bite. this morning. And uh, how how did you sound? I sound a little monotone, you know, a little subdued, low so energy. I, I, I need to work on that. I'm trying to vary my my voice tone a little bit more. You see, Haley, around the house, does he sound like he does on the air with us every week? Yeah, pretty he's much. pretty uh, calm. He doesn't. Does he <laughs> yell and scream and throw not, stuff? Not too often. rarely. Okay. I think we'll we'll just really talk to Haley about yeah. Brian. Right I love, here. I love this is more idea. interesting than talking to Brian. Um, so That's great, I like watching her laugh. So, <laughs> so this is um, so overall, um, this has been something you've been plotting and planning because I knew nothing about it. I was I, on, I was on vacation, and uh, somebody goes, "Oh, you go well, Shirley, you knew something about that," and I go. Brian doesn't doesn't tell me crap, you know. So um, so good job, and well, I said, well, it shows that you know how to keep a secret. Well, it's it's respect, as John Walsh said at one point. You know, it was out of respect for the transaction. You know, I mean, things could ha- things could go wrong. I don't really want to uh, cause some alarm, you know, among the staff or or advertisers or anybody else if there was some kind of instability. And there really was no no instability all along. Um, it was just that and. You know, there's a lot of details to work out, and it, uh, you know, it could have fallen through. So, yeah, I don't. No, really that's want smart. To go, I get that. Sure, go big with it. But all right, okay, well, very good. But now you know. So, so now uh, John Walsh is uh, drinking beer, smoking cigars out on his boat without a worry in the world. <laughs> Can I tell you a John Walsh know. story? Okay, really quick? yeah, we want to so hear it. I called John because after the hurricane, I was like, let's get through the hurricane. So, and John's on the chamber board, so. Uh, I called John. It was the afternoon, and he picks up the phone, and I'm expecting to talk to him about the uh, the sale and his retirement, right? Mm-hmm. And John Walsh was on the bike ride in the middle of the afternoon. I was like, "You're on a bike ride? I mean, who are you? Like one day into retirement?" So he's head he's head in, man. He's, it's he's like, in. yeah, I picture him like on the cover of AARP. <laughs> John has john has uh has earned it you know yeah he here he is it's 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 great he's done a lot of great things in the community you know i mean if it wasn't for john walsh in 2009 um we wouldn't be here 
literally Haley and I wouldn't be, wouldn't have moved here. And, um, we owe him a lot for opening up this door for us and, um, you know, making the newspaper what it is. Like he, he had so many great business connections in the community. Um, the company got off to a, a really tremendous start better than anything. That's, you know, the company, the, the larger observer media group, we got off to a much faster start than, than the previous startups had before. And it's really because of John Walsh and, and um, we were kind of the, you know, the poster child of how to get, get off to a good start, I guess. So anyway, I, I, I owe John a lot. And also his, there's a lot of things in his management style that is so good. You know, he, he's very much like empower the employees, try to get them to perform the best they can and stay out of their way and don't micromanage. And I think that that is something that really resonates with me. And I plan to keep doing a similar kind of style. So, Halo, you've been with the, when Brian quit, you didn't. No, I did not. <laughs> and so what, what do you do with the Observer? A lot of people have no idea. What, what, what were you doing and what will you be doing, I guess? Um, I've been doing the layout and design of the newspaper for a couple of years now. And I will also be now doing designing the ads. And we don't know what else I'll be doing. We'll see what ends up needing to fall in my lap as time goes on. So, all right, mm-hmm. okay. Are you excited? I mean, is this is it scary? I mean, I've what? been there's so, a lot of emotions with it for the past like couple months. I've been having a lot of like tossing and turning, you know. But it's all mostly some of it's been just out of pure fear, but because I've never owned a business, never been in charge of payroll or anything like that, and it's that's that's a little scary. You know, a lot of people are depending on the company succeeding. And so everyone out there, please subscribe. Um, (laughs) But um, most of the tossing and turning has been about like, we could try this. We could try that. Uh, We should be covering this kind of thing. We should be trying these kind of video things on social media. We should be trying this and we should be doing these events. And it's always like the community would really benefit from that kind of event or that kind of coverage. And so like, it's just always such a feel good kind of um, kind of a, a business to be in. Like you're trying to promote the the welfare of everybody and you're trying to help everybody to have more community pride, I guess. And that's a great business to be in. And I hope that's what the observer represents to a lot of people is community pride and, and positivity. And, but also you can't have a good community without reporting on, you know, some of the bad things that happen in the community and you can't have a good newspaper coverage without reporting on how power is used in the government and all that stuff. And, you know, the government, everybody understands that. And it's, that's why it's in the constitution protected to be, you know, freedom of the press. And so we, we take all those roles seriously, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to be, you know, hundred percent in that role and, and trying to help, help the editorial team thrive and, help the advertising team thrive and, you know, trying to figure out exactly the best way to do that still. But, you know, it might take 10 years, but uh, we'll, I'll, I, my energy is put all in that direction. I'm excited. Yes. All right, cool. No, that's, that's great. We need a community newspaper. And um, like you said, when, actually, when we started WNCF, I knew John before he was like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a newspaper. Do you want to be partners on it? Do you want to go? I go, no, (laughs) you do that. Well, I'll do this. So we've always been pretty, you know, good brothers and through thick and thin and, and uh, different views on things and all that. And and still are have a lot of respect for him as well. But it was uh, at a time when 
the community here, 2008, 2009, was in a total depression. Yeah. I mean, the housing market had totally collapsed. There was a newspaper kind of hanging on. That went out of business. Yeah. Um, Huge there, unemployment rates for years there. Yeah. Which is really- it, was, it was probably the toughest time to start a business, mm-hmm. which usually earns up to be the best time to start a business if you can hang in there and, and make it happen. And uh, so... Um, so the observer got a lot of attention when nothing else was going on. WNZF radio station got a lot of attention was going on. People embraced them from the beginning. And I think then, you know, that's a good thing to, to grow on. And, um, and it's evolved over the years, the observer too. And and now you're really pushing as everybody in the print media is pushing the whole digital end to it Mm -hmm. and not really wanting so much of, of printing a paper. Is that your philosophy still too? Not really. I mean, to me, like. I mean, most of our bills are paid by print advertising still. And so we're very committed to keeping the print product strong. I personally really like to read things in print still. I mean, I think a lot of people do. To me, the digital is like, you always feel like you're like one step behind and I'm reading this, but is there some other update somewhere? And, you know, there's always uh, just a flood of everything. It's kind of like anxiety inducing in some ways. If you get the newspaper on your driveway on a Thursday then you know this is the week's content, you know? And and yeah, it's not as up to date, of course. So we still want the online and we want both. But I think that if you had a, you know, paper thrown at the end of your driveway and you thought it was, and you were convinced that it was you know, about your community and you could even be in it for all you know, um, that there's always going to be some demand for it. And, um, but of course, people are wanting the news in different ways and we can't just say, no, 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 stop wanting those things. You need to start, you need to keep wanting the print. And as people, if, and when people, you know, migrate away from, and they'd rather get news on TikTok, well, then we better give them news on TikTok and find a way to still stay in business and and make a profit. I think that's smart to go against the grain on the um, the kind of trying to erase the uh, d- the demand and desire for for print newspapers, particularly once a week on the driveway. Because I say, you know, um, when you own the driveway of people, first of all, whether they read it or not, they see it there. Oh yeah. well, hey, what the hell? I'll pick it up and look at it. If you drink coffee in the morning, and also with an older community here mm-hmm. on Thursdays. I look forward to going out. I don't subscribe to the news journal anymore, only for a whole lot of reasons. I felt like the, the content had totally evaporated and it was just filling it. And that's sad with the big corporations because they're not in the local community. Um, like Gatehouse owns the news journal. Great people that have worked there over the years some, you know, and, and still like, um, you know, making it here. But um, they're out of touch. And when the editing is done in Dallas or somewhere like that, and, and you look at, you know, at one time, and same thing with the St. Augustine record, uh, our radio studios were in there at one time before we got kicked out just recently, but also so did the St. Augustine record staff get kicked out because uh, St. Augustine University had taken over. But anyway, the point of it is that um, with an, particularly with an older community, <clears throat> people that are 50 plus always had a newspaper and to me, when you own the driveway, I mean, to me, the, you know, when I go out there, I see the shopping guide or whatever laying there that go, I don't look at that. That goes in the trash. But when the observer's there, take it in, read it, wife reads it. And it's like a relationship. Yeah. And because space for news is an abyss. There's so much all yeah. over the place with the aggregates and the, um, that, 
you can just kind of, you don't really, there's nothing to focus on. And I think you're smart by, and I hope you do ramp up the, um, the effort for people to, um, to subscribe for it to be in the driveway. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, that those subscriptions are, it's, uh, first of all, it's a great way to diversify. So we're not, you know, so dependent if there is a problem with print advertising or whatever we need, we do need to do that. Um, but yeah, I just think, I think the, the lesson that I've learned over, over those years is that you really can't dictate demand, the demand to other people. You have to listen to the demand. They're the ones who have the demand. And if you're not going to understand their demand and their needs, then you can't fill it very well. And then you're just irrelevant. I don't want people to, what I hope is that the observer is the tool that people use to connect with their community and to feel part of their community. Um, and at, along the way that they also connect to the observer in some way, but it's mostly about like, they're not looking for a way to connect to the observer. They're looking for a way to connect to their community. So if we can help to satisfy that, then we'll always be important. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Greg, what do you think of what you just heard? Yeah, no, I'm just sitting here listening to, to Brian. I like everything that I'm hearing. Um, it, it, to me, it feels a lot like starting the chamber three years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, and even today, and it probably won't, it'll be the same for you. You know, it's, uh, there's terrified isn't the right word. Concerned <laughs> isn't the right word, but you know, there's a pressure. There is a pressure. And, um, you know, to me, I think everything you said about John Walsh is, has been my experience. You know, um, I wouldn't be here 38 months ago when we started the chamber, if it wasn't for John pushing a bunch of people to say, Hey, yeah. this, this place deserves to have a chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then, you know, I was really glad to just hear, you know, what you're saying about local news as a former radio guy, you know, and, and when I was in down in Daytona, um, people just don't understand, I feel like, or, or grasp how much control the government has on their life. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, theorist guy, but the reality is everything that happens in your life is almost controlled by the government. And you as an American citizen, a Flagler County resident, a Palm Coast resident, Benel, whatever, uh, should be involved in what's happening in your community. And they're begging people out there, they being the government, you know, begging for involvement. I went to the um, Malacompra comp plan meeting yesterday, you know, and it was great. Forget about whether or not I agree with who was there. You know, it's just good to see people get involved. And we can't make that next step as a community without that. And so to see you, you know, have this opportunity to, um, continue on the observer and keep that local focus, I think is great. And the other thing I was thinking about here is, you know, obviously here in Flagler County, we're interested in the Palm Coast observer, but you also got Ormond Beach too. And you got a lot of work to do down there because it's even busier down there than probably here. And there's also room to grow down there. I mean, we don't know what the future holds, but you know, where we want to be a growing um, company. And I want to say one more thing about, like you mentioned the, the news journal and the record, Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, bigger companies, sometimes they, they're, there's, they have certain concerns that maybe are different from what those, those newspapers, um, had to deal with before with, you know, they got, they have to answer to stockholders in a different way or or whatever. But I will say, I I don't want to ever say anything bad about other people who are trying to do basically what I, what we're doing, you know, at, at the observers, I think all those reporters and all those editors, they probably don't love the idea that there's this other corporate pressure too. 
a lot of them are the same people who have been, you know, working in, they're serving the community. And I think that they take their jobs very seriously. And um, journalism is a hard business to be in. But um, I say more power to the record in the news journal. And I wish them all the success. And, you know, we can be competitors at the same time as, as wanting their, their goals and our goals are basically the same to help their communities to thrive. And um, if they succeed, I think we can also succeed and it doesn't have to be a, you know, win loss. Okay. All right. Very good. Good, uh, good conversation. Well, um, Haley, we're going to talk all about you when you come back here and we're going to ask Brian to interview for the job of co-owner because I, I, I I'm not so sure you did interview for the position. So, I did not. Well, we're going to do it when we come back here on Free For All Friday. Greg Lose, our president and CEO, Palm Coast Regional Chamber, Brian McMillan, Haley McMillan, new publishers of the Palm Coast Observer. I'm David Ayers with Mark Gilland. We'll be back. You know what I like about people who drive Mercedes? They have an appreciation for quality. Hi, I'm Andy from Auto House of Palm Coast. If it has anything to do with Mercedes-Benz, we can do it. From maintenance and basic services to major repairs. If you or somebody you know owns a Mercedes-Benz, I would love for you to be my customer. I'm Andy. I'm in the Hardgrove Lane Industrial Park. You'll find me. Everybody else has. Or call me anytime. 585-4785. Auto House. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. See this? It's a generator for your home. Never needs gas, no moving parts, and it's quiet as a church mouse. Hurricane or power outage headed our way? No worries now. It's a solar generator for your home that works day and night and pays for itself through energy savings and tax credit. Hi, folks. This is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. We're your Tesla certified Powerwall installer, and the future is here. Give us a call today for all the details. 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. I, I really like Coastal Cloud. I'm blessed to have uh, you know, opportunities to move elsewhere, but I choose to stay with them just because of the culture, the people I work with. I believe in what Tim and Sarah have built here, the type of people they are. I believe they do what's right, so I really like the people and the culture. Nine twenty-five, free for all Friday. Good Friday morning. We got a long weekend ahead, uh, but I don't know if you're working for the Observer. Do you get the weekend off, Brian? Everybody gets eight hours off their timesheet this week. Whether it's all on Labor Day, I don't know, but that's kind of up to the up to them to figure that out. You said you you know you've never had a business, never had employees, never done payroll, and all that kind of stuff. Nope. Um, are you going to be tough? Um. Uh, I hope I'm going to be clear, but very sympathetic. And if it, if those employees, if the reporters are not happy, the company is going to do worse. And if the advertising reps are not happy, the company is going to do worse. So I feel like that is one of the main jobs 
that Haley and I have is to make sure that we understand if the employees are happy and, and feeling like they're valued and that they're excited about their jobs like we are. And if they're not, then we should try to help resolve their, their, their issues. So I don't know. Does that sound tough? I guess it doesn't sound that tough. No, sounds like you're, <laughs> it sounds like you'd be the kind of guy I like to work with. Well, that's good. That's good. That's, right. that's what we want. Maybe that hopefully that attracts, attracts the best talent possible. And then yeah. you don't have to be tough on them. Well, just do your job and then don't, but, but you know, so, but you're the kind of guy, somebody makes you mad. Look out. You know, because it means they've really pushed your buttons. <laughs> and, um, you know, you got to, it's not, you don't have a hair trigger, but. Um, well, I, I'm not proud of it, but I've hung up on a, a few people before in my day. Oh, know? let's hear about that. Who did you hang well, up on? Well, it's just like, you know, it's like somebody who would call to complain about something in the, in the observer in the years past. And they don't want to listen. They're asking questions and they're making accusations and they don't want to hear anything that I am saying back. And in fact, if I am talking, they're pretending like I'm not and just talking right over me. And that's one thing that that is a button to push with me. Like I, I want, I want to listen to you and I really hope that you'll respect me enough to listen to me as well. And that's the only way anything's going to get happen here. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not proud of it, but I have hung up on a few people. Well, if you're a- looking for, for dirty stories about me. That's, those That's are, the worst. Those oh, are wow. some, yeah. There's nothing to dig with here. <laughs> well, well, here's what, here's a little thing. When uh, somebody calls to complain or whatever, and they don't want to listen to you, say, "Hey, yeah. I'll tell you what. Call back at nine o'clock on my uh, voicemail, <laughs> and um, and just leave it there if you don't want to hear me. And that way, neither one of us yep. are wasting our time. And then you hang up. All okay, right. there you go. I'll, I'll All remember right. that. All right, Haley McMillan here, co-owner um, of the uh, Palm Coast Observer, and the other owner is your husband, Brian, and I would just like to pretend like you don't know her, and mm. you're going to, looking for a, a key top executive person, <laughs> position to be filled. Okay, so ready? Go. Let's see. Um, so I see your name is Haley, is that right? No. That's correct. Um Executive interview. Let's see. So, what she's are your applied, goals? Yeah, she's applied for the job. What are your, to be a top executive and to what so you, go at what it? What are your goals? Why? Why would you want to? Why would you want to uh, work at the Observer? Well, I think it's important to get, like you said before, local news to people and help them understand what's actually going on. I really don't like rumors and that kind of stuff. And I think getting the truth out is really important. See, that's pretty good. I, li- I like. You're that hired. Answer. There you go. <laughs> What about what, if you had to make one key change at the Observer? What would that be? One one big change, one big hairy audacious goal. I have no idea. <laughs> make Brian publisher. That's, that's, that's the big goal. <laughs> Good goal. Mission accomplished. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, All right. Well, here I would, here's I'll okay, ask yeah, you. you, you All, right. Go ahead. All right. What's your biggest weakness, Haley? Weakness. She doesn't have any weaknesses. weaknesses. I'll answer that one. For her. Okay, no, please do. I no, don't no, know no. my biggest weaknesses. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, I think it's best that you guys do work together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, anyway, I'm excited. Uh, like you say for you, um, and uh, subscribe to it, support it, do it, advertise, all those kind of things makes us strong. Me, but Greg, I wanted to ask you because how important it is. Okay, we talked about the local media. How important it is for people that are here. But there's a lot of businesses and a lot of people that are moving here from outside the market area that 
think, is this to kind of, do I want to bring a business here? Do I bring my industry here? Do I bring my family here? Do I want to come here to Palm Coast, Florida? There's a lot of other places to go to. Mm-hmm. So how, what is, how do people assess our community? Is, is this, is this um, a good place or a bad place? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's mostly good. I think people view it as mostly good because you come here and you see this natural beauty and this place isn't, you know, looking like Miami or South Florida or Jacksonville. And so in a weird way, even though we've grown so much over the last decade in in Flagler County, um, it's it's kind of untouched. And that came out yesterday in those comp plan workshops um, where people were just talking about the natural beauty of this area. And so... um, most people get this research online. I, so Brian talking about the digital versus paper product and, you know, the paper I think is cool to keep around. Um, but the a lot of people are going to get their news on digital and try to get a handle on what's the vibe of this place. And that's kind of where I think we get tripped up because um, there's so much good happening here that people just don't know about. Um, and there's a few folks in the community that, and that's their prerogative and it's totally their right to do it. But you know, the way that they present information or treat people in public settings um, is just like kind of it's it's not right. I don't know how else to say it. And it's not the way that I would communicate with people. And so it's those kind of one offs that concern me because the loudest people get the most attention sometimes. But in the reality, I think of what's happening in Flagler County and David, you know, and Brian, you know, because you, you, you get to see this. There is so much positive and so much opportunity and potential for this place. If we could all just get on the same boat for a little bit, man, I think we will row significantly further. Um, but by and large, I think people think this place is positive, and I think investors think this is positive, and they think there's huge opportunity here. When what? you say all get on the same boat and row, I mean, what do you mean by that? I mean, exactly? like a, co- a common community vision, not even about, you know, let's take Republicans and Democrats out of it. You know, let's take, um, you know, builders and environmentalists out and just be like a regular person and say, what do we want for the future of our community? And let's not try to grind an axe on this. Right. It's 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 really about what can we all agree on? And I'm a I'm a Republican, at least (laughs) I used to be, you know, used to be one in the past. I don't know uh, where I stand anymore, but I feel like I'm still on the Republican side. But, you know, I think the environment in this place is special. And that's not something that you hear Republicans really talk about. Right. We're not talking about the environment. But it is. You drive around this place. We have huge swaths of land dedicated in in, an open space. So we're doing really good there. Most people don't know that we have twice as much parks and open space in Flagler County than what we planned for in our comprehensive plan. So that Mm. means, you know, 20, 30 years ago, a bunch of people got together and said, we want this. And we're now at double that. So it is possible to have positive movement on community wide things uh, when we all have a, 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 a vision and and the same plan to move forward. Now, we can't do that on every single thing, but I think as a community, if we could come together and say, you know, what are the top three things we got to get so right? So what do you think those three things, if you were going to propose and say, hey, Flagler County is listening here to me, what are the three things that you think, or a couple things, one thing, I'll, I'll that, tell you you think, that you think we should, that you, you hope that everyone could get on board with and, and unite? You know, uh, number one is education. I, I just, I don't see any way around it. You have kids. I have kids in the school system um, and another one coming up through. I just this everywhere you look that has a strong education system, there's a strong business community behind it. And these business leaders here 
education system. So to, to me, number one is education. Uh, and, and then a, a product of that is going to be looking at and being deliberate about diversifying where our jobs come from. This community is not in a great place because one third of all of our jobs are based on tourism. So when I hear people talk about tourism jobs, it's like, yeah, we actually have enough of that already. And I'm not saying that that industry shouldn't grow. It just shouldn't be the target of our efforts to grow jobs because the tourism and retail types of jobs um, tend to be low skill, low wage. So, so, you know, to me, those are two things. Like if, mm -hmm. if we're going to have a conversation, I think, and I'm the business guy in the community, right? So shocker that. Do you, you know, feel like there is some sort of, what I mean, with education, do you feel like there is a problem as far as like a lot of people in the community don't feel like education is having a strong education system is important? No. I mean, doesn't everybody already kind of agree with that? Yeah, no? we just disagree on how to get there. I yeah, think. I don't know if that's ever going to be resolved, but, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are, you know, following. I, I think it's the type of conversation, you know, to me, it's like, okay, if we all think education is important and who doesn't, right? Um why are we having these problems locally when we have the number one school district to the county to the north? Like mm -hmm. there are things happening in Flagler County that uh, aren't working as well as it should be. And I'm not saying it's a disaster because there is a lot of really good happening. Um, and I get to see that as a part of what we're doing with the Junior Chamber and the Ed Foundation and everything else. But, um, you know, I just feel like our there's not an identified path forward. We all say we want good schools, we want strong education. And so what's that path forward that we can all jump on and we all understand what our roles are to make it happen. And I don't, I don't feel like that's there. And I don't know that that's a real hard thing to do. I mean, it would take effort. Yeah, it's but. hard because um, I think it's human nature. You know, we are who we are as people, yeah. but, but um, I think that we could do better as a community of disagreeing in a more healthy way, yeah. you know, not vilifying the other side. If they disagree, then, you know, we're, it, it, it sometimes does feel kind of extreme. I don't know if that makes our community actually much different from other places and maybe mm -hmm. everywhere is like this. Um, but we do kind of, you know, see some of that. And I, 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 I honestly, I think that that is something that the observer, that's something that we can do by just making sure that people, can clearly and rationally explain what they want to say and hopefully show people in a way that is not going to be lead to vilification of them. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you. That was my perception coming into this community over three years ago. Um, you know, what, what was your perception? My, my perception was I, I, I lived here before. Um, so I didn't really, need, you know, to me, when we left to go to Tallahassee, my wife and I 11 years ago, um, it was, we're never coming back to Flagler County. Like that was a thing. And I would say it because often. of the, just the divisiveness. Attitude. Yeah, man. Really? The attitude of the people, the, See, uh, now wait a minute. Let me stop you on that one. Yeah. The attitude of the people. I mean, it's just the whole it's vibe. Just, I know, no, but I mean, it's human nature <laughs> to kind of coagulate and form a perception. And I always say that the more complicated it is, the simpler we come to a conclusion. But with that, you know, with all these like neighborhood, all these blogs and social sites and everybody bitching about everything and the traffic and how it's horrible here now or whatever. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, and um, but at the same time, the perceptions are formed fast. And that was kind of why I was asking you people from outside looking in mm -hmm. if they see. Does it really influence them if they see somebody complaining about the traffic in Palm Coast and no. how bad it is when, in fact, to me, it is nothing compared to Orlando or or anywhere else you would go to. Yet, um, 
but we form a perception. So back yeah. to you with your perception, we'll never, because of the attitude of the people. I got to no. stop you on that one. <laughs> it's, it's a big part of it. I mean, it is. So like when we Well, who to, are the people that, well, with the attitude? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. it I just wasn't going to let you get away well, with that. Well, let's just say in, in that time of my life, and I was in my 30s, this wasn't the place for me. And that's fine. And so um, in Tala, it, it was just... I don't want to compare it to Tallahassee because trust me, there's a lot I didn't like about Tallahassee. But one thing I did like about Tallahassee is those people up there are welcoming. And I, I, I said it was like the true South. Like here in, in, in Central Florida, it doesn't feel like the South, you know, even though we're the South. But Tallahassee South is like people are welcoming. They're polite. They, you know, it's what can we do for you? I can't tell you how many people would want to like jump in and help you out. Here it's different. And I think it's a lot because we have these Northeastern transplants and I'm one of them. And that's, you know, but back home in Jersey or Philly or wherever you're from. So when you go into Publix, you feel like you're walking around and people are going to be maybe mean to you? Grouchy. Or grouchy. Yeah, people are grouchy. Yeah, <laughs> people are grouchy. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't feel that way. So yeah. what's the look but on? What's the look know. on your face when you go in there? Is it a grouchy look because everybody else is grouchy? That's he, it. He's guarded. Oh, let me get a picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, but. here, do it. I want you to do this next time you go into public. Yeah. Put a smile on your face and look at people and say hi. Not not that. That's a fake smile. I do. No, I do think about that. I went to a conference one time where they talked about your face and your look mm-hmm. and you know. Um, and it's actually smiling as a muscle that you have to yeah. work out. And so I do think about that. Let's because, all practice that for a minute. Well, because I see pictures of myself or I've rewatched these meetings that we go to and I see myself, I'm like, man, I look angry as hell sitting <laughs> over there. Like, But uh, I, I think we have a real opportunity, you know, to, so that was 10 years ago, but I just feel like this community kind of lacks a, a, what I don't know what it is. And maybe it's because there's not a downtown like in Ormond. And people were talking about that last night. Or maybe it's because we all moved here. And it, maybe it's because the city's only 25 years old and we haven't had enough time to coalesce. I don't know what it is, but um, there's tons of opportunity here. And to Brian's point, it's just when you're an outsider looking in and you see people get cut down the way that they do, when you see the rumor mills treat people the way that it does, when, I mean, look at Sally Hunt. I mean, say what you will about her, but damn. You know, I mean, she was really vilified in this community. So if you're somebody sitting on the other side of the county line and you're just like, man, these people are wild, you know, uh, or at least some of them. And uh, it makes you want to be less involved. And I so that's kind of what I'm speaking to. Um, But as I said earlier, this place has a tremendous amount of opportunity there. It's worth making the effort. That's why I'm here. And I think that's why what you're doing, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to see more people like you like me, it doesn't have to be the same belief structure, but at least like the character, right? Uh, I feel like you and I have had great conversations in the past because it's always been about and based on respect. And, you know, back when I was working Daytona radio, Yvonne Scarlett Golden was the mayor then. And she had this campaign that I kind of ridiculed at the time uh, on the radio. And it was like, we're going to control BCR and spring break by putting this brand sign out there says it's all about respect. I was like, that ain't going to work for nothing. But, you know, 20 years later in my life, it kind of, man, that that makes sense as an adult, not as a 20-something-year-old kid, but as a a guy with kids, you know. Um, But I do think it's all about respect. It's all about how you treat people. And, um, you know, I've I've been subject to quite a bit uh, coming into this town as a newcomer. 
Um, and that's not the experience of everybody else at other chambers. Yeah, but see, your job is to get up in front of city council and deliver a torpedo. Of course, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. to, and you do, and you're good at it. All right, but here, here's what I would say: when you go to Walmart, all right, it's like pretty much nobody wants to be in Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, the employees. I, I love Walmart. Uh, well, okay, well that's see, but it's then, the pinnacle okay. of our. Economic so, evolution. What, Everything in the world you could want in one place that's air conditioned and it's the lowest prices you can. I mean, it's it's a miracle. I, no, it's, it, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, but when people go into Walmart, they're uh, what I'm saying is I'm not saying anything bad about Walmart. You're right; it's bright, it's lit, and all that. But at the same time, you're there with a task. Yeah. You're there to spend money. That's how I feel with about inflation, it. with all these kind of things. You're focused on what you're doing, not so much on the people around you. Or when you go, you know, but when you go to events like we do a lot of events here, the radio stations, we do concerts and we do festivals, people are happy. People interact and they're saying hi. So I think it's the environment they're in is gets the reaction because the grouchy person at Walmart isn't grouchy when they come to the festival or the concert and they're having fun with their neighbors and interacting. So I need to go to more festivals because I yeah. don't. I really don't. I don't yeah. go to First Fridays. I was thinking about that, going yeah. to First Friday tonight. I, I need to go to First Fridays yeah. too. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, so it's I'll try harder, David. Yeah. See Walmart. Walmart is the land flowing with milk and honey. That's how you got to look at it. Good advice. Thank Mr. you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Anyway, get out more. Do some fun thing. We talk about all the parks and all those sort of things. And, uh, you know, don't judge our community by Walmart. We'll be right back. A powerful and well-respected law firm in Florida is now in Palm Coast. Don't play around with insurance companies when you're injured. I'm Josh Woolsey. Car crash, personal injury, call us first. Offices Jacksonville and now Palm Coast. WoolseyMorkham.com. Don't worry about the weather. We've got you covered. Hi, I'm Bree with Florida's Best Roofing. Give me a call and we'll give you a free estimate. We're locally owned and operated, serving Flagler and surrounding counties for 20 years. We're Florida's Best Roofing. 386-263-7906. So you're ready to list it? We're ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at 302-0300. Visit us online at parksiderealtygroup.net. There's no way I can afford a new car. You're not alone. Keeping your car running safe and sound is what we do. Here at Quantum Tires and Auto Repair, a lot of people depend on us. Hi, I'm Bob Gordon. If you haven't had an oil change in a while or something just doesn't seem right, bring it in. Even if you're running short on money right now, bring it in anyway. The most important thing is your car is safe to drive. Quantum Tires and Auto Repair. Corner of State Road 11 and the railroad tracks. Downtown Bonnell. 945 Free For All Friday, September 1st. If you're listening on the podcast, that's what we... uh, have going on here today in the studio, Greg Lose, our president and CEO of the uh, flag or the uh, Palm Coast Regional Chamber of Commerce, and also um, Brian McMillan, co-host, and also wearing the hat of publisher and uh, your co-owner wife Haley, brand new, and um, so good to have you in here. And go ahead, you said you just thought Happy of a question here. to ask her. So hurry up, ask it before you forget it. Well, I have <laughs> such tremendous respect for my wife, Haley, and not everybody really knows her as well as they know me because I, I've i been walking around the community more, and she's been doing something way more important 
which is helping to make, you know, helping with our children to become the people that they are, that they are. So in my mind, obviously they're equal roles. And, um, I, I, we, I've been very lucky to have such a wonderful, happy marriage for 20 years. 21 years? Not yet. Almost 21 years. So what's so I wanted to ask you. To See, the question? No, no, I wanted to ask aw. you. Well, because it makes me, makes me want to go, aw. I want, I want, I would, <laughs> but she's I sitting there like, with her arms crossed looking at you like, okay, yeah, Brian, where are you going with this? I would love if people got to know Haley better, you know, but so I, here's the question I have. Flashback to 2004. Okay. okay. We are, we've been married for two years. Still very young. I was 24 in 2004. I've been married for two years. We got married at 20 and 22. So it's 2004 and we get a job offer from Mike Eng in Bradenton, Florida to come and work for the observer. Uh And we packed up and we drove across the country. And I just want to know at that time, if I told you or someone were to tell you in the future that 20 years later, you would own two of those Observer newspapers. What would you say and how would you feel about that? I don't Tell us about your journey. <laughs> I don't think I would believe it. Um, I didn't see that in our future at all. Um, I was focused on our little boy and I wasn't thinking about We had a that. two-year-old at the time, Jackson, no. one-and-a-half-year-old. No, he was three born. year old? He was born in two thousand four. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was three months old and he moved. Give here. or take a couple yeah, years. You know. Come on. Yeah. All right, well here, let me ask you a question now that we're into this. And uh, so Haley, when you first met Brian, all right, what was your first impression of him? What kind of guy was he? Mm. My first impression and the word I used to describe him to my roommates is he was the nice guy in English class. English two fifty one. Yep. Okay. He was great class. Impressed me with how kind and he was to everybody. So he's, I don't know he's how been you consistent over the years. Yes. I, I don't yeah. know how you'd have seen me as a nice guy. Actually, I, I don't know what I would have done in English two fifty one that made me seem I nice. No, but that's what I always called you. You just gave a vibe, I guess. I was just putting my head so, down, reading right. my book. You know. All right now, reverse here with uh, Haley. Mm-hmm. Right when you saw her, did you go, "Hey, wow, hey, you like this girl?" I or? did indeed, actually. Um, you claim that, but <laughs> it took you three months to ask me out. I remember, I remember seeing you for the first time for sure. And the, you know, we went on our first date to a baseball game, which was uh, very cool because baseball has always been very important in my life. So it was kind of like an interesting test at the time. I had a basketball injury, which is a common theme throughout my life. And so I was hobbling on a, did I have a crutch? You had crutches. I had crutches on our first date. And so, and she had a car and I didn't. So she pulled, pulled up and to pick me up to go to this baseball game and sort of as a joke to be particularly chivalrous to me. She went over and opened my door for me so I could hobble into the car with my crutches. So that tells you a little bit about what Haley's like. (laughs) All right. So so at that point at the date here, when he's on crutches, you're helping him out. Are you thinking this is not the guy it's like he's an invalid <laughs> no. already or what what were, you, what were you thinking no that didn't cross my mind all right okay all we right. went to a baseball game and again my i growing up with baseball it was like when you go to a game you keep score you know we're hardcore baseball fans and so i i don't remember how it came up exactly but i asked if Haley would like to learn how to keep score and she said yes 
And she did it. She she did it. You took your scorebook with you and the pencil and everything. I don't remember. I, I, I might have actually printed some out and brought them with me because we have special ones to track every pitch and you know yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't remember if we used those at that game. I but. don't remember. All right, so Brian, here yeah. on you. What was the best interview you ever did? Well, I would say that two of them come to mind. One is I got to interview Paul Renner for about five or six hours over the course of a couple of weeks or maybe a month, um, right at the end of my, well, I didn't, I started doing it um, a lot before that, but um, I, I got to interview him about his whole, basically his whole life story. And um, I was just, it was, there was a lot of moments. I mean, he got emotional a couple different times. We're talking about like things that really, really mattered to him. Um, I wrote a couple of long profiles that appeared in separate weeks, I believe, or I think it was two parts. Yeah. In the, in the observer. And I, I wrote them and published them like right after I left. Um, but that was kind of one thing that was hanging on um, over my head, but getting to know him really well and, and uh, seeing um, what values kind of drove him. That was a really fascinating interview. And, and, you know, knowing that he was a, uh, you know, such an important figure in politics at the time and still is obviously uh, was a pretty cool, cool moment. Um, another one that comes to mind is interviewing Ron DeSantis when he was campaigning to be a House of Representatives in Palm Coast. And this was in 2010, I believe. Uh, I could be getting that wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was in 2010. It was the first time that we had done any political inter- interviews. So I'm 30 years old never been an, an editor before, you know, pretty new in my role a few months into it. And Ron DeSantis comes in, Casey DeSantis's wife is sitting out there in the lobby at, at the offices on Florida park drive. And I'm interviewing him. And, um, he just seemed like a very no nonsense, tough interview. <laughs> I mean, he had this amazing resume. You were intimidated. Um, I was a little bit intimidated, but I also was kind of like, we're the newspaper. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to answer to me cause I'm in the newspaper. This is my office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, I remember this moment with Ron DeSantis where he, I said, there's this sense that maybe if you get elected, that you're going to be kind of, and I don't remember the word I used, but basically I was saying that ideological, like, are you going to be basically hard to work with in Congress because you're so set in what you, what you stand for essentially um, is kind of how I was, what I was trying to get at. But sort of basically like I was saying, there's a sense out there that, you know, you may be kind of difficult to work with or something to that effect. And he looked at me and like kind of seemed like got a little cross almost. He was like, who is saying that? Yeah. I want names. Like, I, I've been, <laughs> I've been knocking doors and I've been talking to people and I'm not hearing that at all. And, it, it kind of took me back and it kind of was like a good lesson in like, you know, don't just say something vague. Like people think this, like that, that's not good journalism. Yeah. You need to, if, if someone said it, then say this person said that, what do you think about that? Um, but it also just kind of like showed some of his personality to me. And it's kind of interesting to look back on that. It was like a half an hour, 45 minute interview and looking back on that now and seeing what, what he's doing. Um, and the, the, you know, he's in the, front page of the New York times every day practically. 
And uh, it's just kind of interesting that moment, you know, and where things have happened in the last 13 years. Are there any regret? I mean, remember, um, you know, back in the Melissa Holland thing and you took a stand and you were taking a lot of heat and everything and all kinds of information, misinformation going around and. And I know it really wore on you because you, really you wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. Do you regret any of that? I, I don't. I mean, looking back on it, I can't really think of. I think that my intentions were were good. Um, I mean, you, what I think what I was always fretting about was the same thing I just mentioned. Like, am I using this platform of the observer uh, of, of, of a newspaper to, um, you know, to do something that is going to like that people are going to start saying, oh, I, I want people to look at the observer as like they ask tough questions because that is absolutely the wrong reason to do anything in journalism. Well, the, and there the were people only, that thought others were using yeah, you and your platform right. for their advantage. And it gets it, it gets very tangled for that, too. Like so trying to separate all those things and look at the only important thing in the whole matter, which was months and months, so many hours, so many interviews, a lot of heated interviews with people um, that, that, that feel being ill used and everything. You have to just, you know, try to keep all that away, all the emotions of every interview person, every person you're interviewing and all the possibilities of like, what is this going to do for the paper's reputation, for my reputation, for their reputation, the only thing that you can really be thinking about is, is this the best news to be giving to the community and is it serving the community well or not? And it's really hard sometimes to make that decision when there's this spaghetti bowl of all these other interests that are tangled up in it. Well, and influencing and, you. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, like, you, you can't help the, it. Yeah, who, who has ill intentions of influencing you? Yeah, and and there's some people in this town that are very good at influencing with, with an evil, um, you know. Why are you looking at me? As they David? are, <laughs> <laughs> as they are in every town. This is just human nature. People, you know. There's a um, there's a saying that Haley and I are very familiar with um, because it's part of a, a religious text in our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. But it's that when. Basically, to summarize, it's like when people get a little bit of power, as they suppose, it's human nature to immediately exercise unrighteous dominion. Hmm. That the abuse of power is basically built into our DNA as human beings, and we have to constantly guard against it. And as a newspaper, that's one of our jobs is to try to expose it. And that's really uncomfortable for, for, for everybody. And nobody wants to admit that they're abusing power, but we just have to be humble enough to admit that we are prone to doing that as, as human beings. And, um, you know, that we just have to try to fight against it. All right. Very good. Good conversation, Brian. She yeah. was, you know, we never get a chance to talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring, you got to bring uh, Haley I know. in here. Yeah, I know. Brian. She she brings it out of them here. <laughs> the, the inner inner core of Brian McMillan. Hey, we're almost out of time, but I uh, want to give some final comments here. Uh, Greg Blase, our president and CEO, Palm Coast Regional Chamber of Commerce. Um, so far, has it been a good year and, um, and why? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, uh, I pulled up some of the numbers here, David. Uh, hiring is uh, pretty strong here locally. Uh, 2,400 um, new, more people working in Flagler County than this time last year. So uh, we've got a very strong growth rate there. Um, hiring is strong. The unemployment rate is ticking up because the labor force is growing. And I so, so I think, you know, when we got together the first time with the chamber, we were talking about, oh, well, time is running out. The clock is ticking on Flagler County because we need to, you know, decide what we want to be. And that's kind of the, the beginning of it is you see the labor force growth, you see the job growth. And, and the question I always ask myself, are, are these the jobs that we want to have in this community? Are they going to benefit everybody else that's here? And um, so to me, that's what I'm thinking about these days. You mentioned Paul Renner, October 25th at Hammock Beach Golf Resort and Spa. We've got a big lunch with Speaker Renner. So looking forward to that. And Brian, I just, uh, you know, I wish you the very best, man. I, I think, um, you know, to me, you are, we were talking about this off the air, but I think you're honest. And I think, uh, you know, you've got that brand in this community of people who have gotten to know you. So I think this is going to be a great success. Uh, great success. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited that there's a local person behind it, because to me, that was what I was thinking about. I was like, man, who's buying newspapers these days? You know, and it's scary. It, it, and it, it should be. Uh, it should be respected. Um, but, you know, I think there's I think you and, and Haley, it's so nice to meet you for the first time. But I think you all are in for a, a real exciting ride. And I think uh, it has a, a, a serious opportunity to benefit the community. So. All right. All right. And final words from Haley. You got like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just excited to be on this new venture to see what it's like to work in the real world, as they say, as my kids are all now in school. So I'm not the stay at home mom all the time and it'll be fun. And Brian's going to do a great job and I'm excited to see him happy in his job again. All right. And <laughs> happy. <laughs> nice to have you on. Brian, final comments from you. Um, well, Greg, I appreciate your comments. And um, I think that Basically, one way of I see the newspaper is uh, it's an antidote to the rumor mill. I mean, if you're fed up with the rumor mill, read the Observer, subscribe, support local journalism, and be be partners in helping to do this because it's really about building the community at the same time. So, just right. really happy to be here and to help help the newspaper. And thank you, David, as always, for what you're doing and. Uh, having me on the show every week all right well, i'm glad you stuck with us even though you quit walsh for a while and, uh, <laughs> everybody have a great weekend be safe serving flagler county for over a decade wnzf 15:50 a.m 94.9 fm and w235 cw Benel.